Yo, what is going on? It's a beautiful Friday afternoon, Friday morning, however, what time, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, it's episode 57 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview, MLB edition. My name is Taylor Ringle. My co-host Griffin Warner is here. He is not in the United States. He is traveling all across the world being a world traveler. He's in Germany right now, and we're getting the podcast going. Griff, what's going on with your travels? Uh, it's been a long trip over here. Uh, not a lot of sleep, unfortunately, but, uh, I appreciate my co-host Taylor being very flexible with his schedule. Um, sorry, this is in the Thursday night release for everybody, but, uh, trying to make it work. It is 341, uh, whatever time here in Germany. So, um, it is a little bit of a divide between us, but, uh, hopefully some good content still coming our everyone's way on this episode of betting or excuse me whatever we're doing on this episode uh, i'm on very little sleep but we'll get into it uh, our best bets went 101 on uh, the, the previous episode um i'm happy to say that uh, i did pretty well in the double header of the rangers visiting the marlins i think their second like fill-in games that this one was two of them uh unfortunately reed detmers didn't really have a good outing for the angels and your best bet and i feel like he's uh He's kind of scuffled the last last month or so. Yeah, I thought this Pilling Pilling Pillington kid, Pilkington, Pilkington yeah, yeah. kid from from Cleveland. I thought he'd do a lot worse. I mean, the four runs over five with three walks isn't a great start, but that's not goal, very good. No, but you know what, man? And it goes to show that people need to start taking the Cleveland Guardians serious. Their bullpen was outstanding yet again. Eli Morgan had a great outing, two strikeouts in one inning, and then Class A at the end. And they have other guys in, in that bullpen. De Los Santos is great. They have, you know, uh, Karachek and then Class A. Their bullpen is stacked. And some of those names are going to be eye-popping, like a Class A or a Karachek, but they have other guys that can fill in the void and get outs when you have Pilkington to go five innings. It's what's going to get done. And look, you know, Detmers, we've we've preached on this podcast that Detmers has had one really good start this year, and that was the no-hitter and maybe a few other good starts. But I feel like that no-hitter was honestly three years ago. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was three years ago, and I had a little more faith in, in Detmers and the Angels because Trout was on fire. Otani has been great, but uh, they could not get it done. 5-4 victory for the Guardians at home. Yeah, I mean, it probably speaks to why the Guardians are in first place in the uh, AL Central. Uh, currently three games up on the White Sox, four games up on the Twins. Uh, a lot of it, certainly, I mean, there's not much of it from stardom. I mean, Shane Beaver's a great arm. They've got Jose Ramirez, who they, I think, locked up to a long-term deal. They did. But it's it's really built on Tito Francona being a decent manager amongst a sea of robots that don't really know what they're doing and a bullpen that uh, gets people out. And that's what you need to uh, to win in baseball. Yeah, and, and speaking of really good bullpens and teams that are fighting and chasing for a playoff spot, we have a lot to talk about for the weekend. We have some good series coming up, and why don't we get right into that, and then I'll give the promo code afterwards, and we'll do, um, of course, our Friday card, and then best bets end of show like we always do, like we're doing for 57 episodes. This is number 57 for the kiddos at home. So my series spotlight for the weekend for everyone to look out for Orioles are going all the way to Toronto to face the Blue Jays. Orioles are seven and a half back in the wild card. They've lost four out of the last 10. So 
you know, they're four out, four and six out of the last 10, excuse me. And the Jays have won. Jays won three out of five games versus the Rays, which was a huge series for them. Huge. And they played really, really well. Pitching was really good. They had a lot of timely hitting that series. But the O's are, are kind of slipping right now. You know, of course, the division race for them, they're, what are they, 11 and a half out. But the wild card was something that was real, really realistic for them. But they got to pick it up. They're four and a half back out of the wild card, right behind the the third spot in that wild card, which is the Tampa Bay Rays. And that division, and that wild card race is legitimately up for grabs. You have the Mariners and Blue Jays are a half a game in front of the Rays, both of them. That's how close this race is right now, Griff. And this is a huge series for the Orioles to maybe pick up a couple games. They need to. So game one, you join Lyles versus a TBD. Game two is Kyle Bradish versus Jose Barrios. That's the, the battle of the five ERAs. And then game three, it is Kramer, who's had a really solid season for a guy that really nobody thought would have a, a season like this where he's in the mid three ERAs. And then, of course, the ace for the Toronto Blue Jays and one of the better pitchers in the American League, it is Alec Manoa. That game three is going to be, I think, a really, really good one. Hopefully a pitching matchup. You need the Orioles to come up hot. They need to have some timely hitting. You, we all know they don't have the big boppers. They don't have the, the Vlad Guerrero Juniors of the world. They don't have a, a definitive bat in that lineup that's going to scare the hell out of the pitchers on Toronto's side, but they have hitters that get timely hits, which is important. And you give a lead to that bullpen, Blue Jays might have some trouble. So that's my weekend series spotlight for you, Orioles versus the Blue Jays. Yeah, I think – I mean, the O's sitting five wins back of the Rays, six wins back of the Blue Jays, and five wins back of the Mariners. I mean, they gotta they gotta pick up some steam. They gotta make up some ground. I don't know. I mean, clearly they're ahead of schedule than anyone expected, and and maybe selling off those pieces at the deadline is what's going to keep them out of the playoffs. Good run so far, but uh, they probably need to win the series to get back in the race. And uh, as you mentioned, the Blue Jays race is a great, great race right now, and the Mariners on eighty wins also. I mean, they're all within a win of each other, so. Uh, what more could you ask for? For my series spotlight, I'm going to switch to the uh, National League, and I'm going to go with a pretty big series in the NL East as the Braves are only one game behind the Mets right now. Uh, they've got an eight-game separation between them and the Phillies, but the Phillies on 80 wins, two ahead of the Padres and four ahead of the Brewers. Um, they're trying to fight for that playoff spot. They look pretty good right now, um, and I've been a lot better, I think, in the second half uh, than I think a lot of us were expecting. Maybe yeah. do a, a bullpen, kind of figuring it out, itself out a little bit. But Philly goes on the road to Atlanta. Atlanta's going with Max Fried in the opener, with Jake Odorizzi on Saturday and, and uh, Strider on Sunday. Quadzilla, I mean, that's a pretty good lineup of starters besides maybe Odorizzi in the middle. That might be the easiest one for the Phillies to go and try to steal. Unfortunately, Ranger Suarez is a tough matchup with Max Fried today. Aaron Nola, I think, uh, will be that game that they're looking to try to win if the Phillies are trying to – I mean, they, they probably want to win this series, but I think that's probably the one they'd see the, the best chance of winning is, is a Nola Odorizzi start. And then for Strider on Sunday, I mean, the Phillies, they're going to go Bailey Falter, it looks like, for right now. So um, decent pitching matchup, I think, across the board. Uh, yeah. Phillies lineup is getting better. Um, Atlanta's lineup has always been good and really scary. Um, where do you, I guess, see these two teams? Um, I mean, the Braves are fighting for the division, which they're going all out for that. We'll see what happens. Phillies kind of get to play spoiler here, but they're not safe just yet. So they're trying to get some wins. Where, where do you feel or, or how do you feel about the Phillies right now? 
Phillies have been a, such a weird team. First half of the year, you know, you you, you lose Harper for a, a substantial amount of time. The worries for the offense start to, you know, they're exposing themselves. The bullpen, which has been the issue for for these Phillies for years, is becoming exposed. Rotation problems. People are gonna stay healthy. Can we get Wheeler back? Is Nola going to be the Nola of old? But now we're seeing everything starting to click now in the second half. We're seeing guys like Reese Hoskins, who's had a really good second half. Kyle Schwarber, who is second in the league in home runs behind Aaron Judge, who's had a really good year offensively. The bullpen has been surprising surprising this year. But that's, I think, is going to kill this team. And I said that before. I think the the bullpen is going to maybe hope, maybe, maybe, unfortunately, keep them out of the playoffs. But if you're talking now, they're second in the wild card right now behind the Atlanta Braves, who the, they're going to be, or if it's either the Atlanta Braves or the Mets. So this is going to be a, group, a, a big series for the Phillies to keep that wild card hopes alive with San Diego scuffling on a two game losing streak. And then Milwaukee, the Brewers are at home facing the Yankees. So it's not going to be easy for them. So they have, they're in a good situation, but there's fire under their ass right now. And for the Atlanta Braves, man, you know, they're lucky that the New York Mets are struggling. They're lucky. The New York Mets have the probably the easiest schedule, second half schedule out of any team in the major leagues. And the Mets are struggling mightily. They can't win against the Pirates. They can't win against the Nationals. They can't win against the Cubs. So Braves are keeping it alive. They they gotta throw up the series hot against with Max Reed. They have to if they want to try getting this lead back in the uh, National League East. Yeah. Um I don't know. I just I feel like when I look at these two teams, I mean, there's a lot of big games going on right now. The the Mets, I mean, as you mentioned, it has not been going great for them. But at home against the Pirates, I mean, that should be. I don't know how they did on on Friday's or excuse me on Thursday's game, but uh, it looked like they got off to a good start. Yeah. So I mean, if they can get three out of four from this Pirate series, I mean, that's a huge huge step in the right direction. But um, considering a couple times look like the Braves were dead this year, uh, I feel pretty good about them still making it hard. And, and the Mets, uh, we know their history, so uh, it's hard to really trust the Mets to keep it going. Yeah, it, there, there's a lot of history with the Mets and the Braves. A lot of history with Mets blowing leads in divisions, yeah. and uh, you know the Yankees are are in that same spot as of right now, but their lead's a little bit bigger than the Mets. But why don't we get into a quick promo from? Me, and then we will get right into our nice big Friday card, which we always, we always love a nice Friday card here for you guys. So beat Greg Shaker's college football contest, $500 first place, and a $500 bonus. Greg Shaker earned a profit of 38.10 college football units last season, Griff. For this beat Greg Shaker's college football contest. The contestant who earns the most college football units wins a $500 cash prize. Guys, look, this is huge. I love college football. I I look forward to every single Saturday because I'm a big Oklahoma Sooners fan. They have a good offense. They have a good defense. I love it. I love watching them every Saturday. I also just love watching college football almost more than the NFL to be honest with you. So this contest works for me. I should work for you guys. So if the winner earns more units than Greg Shaker did last season, then the contest winner gets an additional $500, a thousand dollar cash prize, a thousand huge Enter today. It's free to enter. Just go to pregame.com and then click on the contest to find Greg Shaker's college football contest. Don't wait. The action kicks off this Saturday 
We have a lot of Saturdays left, but enter in right now. Get that money. Get it, and then use that money to bet on more games. So that's all I'm saying. It's it's just a win-win. And then, of course, we have a, another pregame.com promo for you guys. Enter Home20 and save 20% off all purchases on the site. For all you awesome listeners, 20% off on all site purchases. Good for seven days from podcast release. Griff, I'm now done talking with all these promos. Get off with a Colorado Rockies and Chicago Cubs game here. Marquez versus Strowman. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, in a couple hours in the United States of America, we have the Rockies, as you mentioned, and Herman Marquez coming off a roller coaster Horrible. of a start. Put it that way. Uh, probably uh, took a couple days off my life. But uh, currently, Marcus Strowman and the home Chicago Cubs are minus 136 favorite. Over under is eight and a half. Uh, being that we're doing this day of the day of the game, we got a total in Wrigley. So if you're into that sort of thing, uh, good to, good to hear that. Um, I don't really know what to say about Herman Marquez. He was looking really great and got put out to an eight one lead at home in Colorado, which he's been there and pitched there for a long, long time, uh, and then was not able to get an out in the fifth inning, and a eight one lead turned into a ten to eight deficit with out a single out being recorded so nine straight runners to lead off that fifth inning scored I don't know what that does to a pitcher I was never really a pitcher in my baseball days so but I can't imagine it's good uh, on the other side Marcus Stroman has been pretty solid I mean it's not gonna wow you with strikeout numbers really I know Taylor's a big fan uh, as well um, kind of a maybe a little bit heavier of a price on the Cubs and they certainly look like they deserve though I feel like their bullpen has emerged a little bit with Hughes at the back uh, and then if you think about the Rockies, it's you got to think about their home road splits. And unfortunately, when you see a team 19 games under 500 with a six more with six more wins at home than uh, than than losses and just seeing that disastrous 25 game under 500 road record, hard to really believe in them and want to back them on the road. Uh, what do you got on this one? I don't know how you don't pick the Cubs in this game. Marquez let up nine earned runs in his last start. He had two good starts in a row, and then he went right back to his own old self from this year. The guy has uh, a, a north almost five and a half ERA. He's a five two five right now. That last start did not help him when it comes to his ERA. His ERA was at the four eights before that, so big yikes there. Stroman has had a weird first year as a Cub, and I think he would agree as well. Uh, I, I don't know. He's a little more sensitive than I am, but uh, <laughs> Stroman – 21 games pitched. He's also been on the IL a few times. He's three and seven record, three nine one ERA. So the north of four isn't exactly what you want out of a starter. But Strongman's a ground ball pitcher, like like uh, Griff alluded to. Not a big strikeout guy. He might give you four or five strikeouts. So maybe look at a prop bet there. Maybe under under strikeouts. Whatever his his K's are looking like, because he's not going to strike out the world. And you got to see how many innings this guy's going to go too. This year, he really hasn't gone the distance. I'm seeing a couple games where he's gone into the seventh or maybe the eighth, but majority of the time it's five or maybe even six or getting out in the fifth inning, in the middle of the fifth inning. So just look at it. It's going to be a bullpen game for both, but I, I can't see the Cubbies playing poor against one of the worst road teams in the league. 
Yeah, I feel like by default, you probably look the other way of the Colorado Rockies when they're on the road. Next, we go Miami uh, visiting Washington, another game of, of huge playoff implications. Jesus Lazardo mm-hmm. visiting so- Josiah Gray. Lazardo actually a minus 123 favorite on the road. Over-unders eight, which is asking a lot from these two offenses. Lazardo, I feel like, had a great year. Uh, Miami just took him from Oakland, told him to stop throwing his fastball as much, and uh, it's really worked for him. Josiah Gray has been all over the place, giving up a ton of home runs. The nice part is Miami can't really hit, and I still don't really believe they can hit, yet they're a road favorite, which makes me scream running in the other direction. Uh, I just don't know if Josiah Gray – um, being that they've been kind of messing around with him, they had him skip a start and then he got obliterated after like extended rest. I just feel like there's a lot to, to question about the, the Nationals right now. So I don't know if that plus 113 at home is, is enough for me. Yeah. So th- th- this is a this is an interesting game, right? Because Josiah Gray loves giving up the long ball. Like he loves giving up home runs. He His neck hurts way more than yours griff that's when i say that for much i think he should I, th- I think i think gray should wear a legit neck brace because all he does is crack his neck on the mound that being said you, you like lazardo just as much as i do because lazardo's stuff dude he he has the stuff to be a potential ace i think it's just a matter of control and command he has 30 walks in 75 innings. That's not great. He's up at least two walks a game, three walks a game in his last, let's see. Uh, yeah, he's let up six in six last six starts. He's let up 13 walks. Yeah, I, I don't like that out of a starting pitcher when you're rely, going to be relied on in the future as a front end rotation guy. So, I'm gonna pick the Marlins. I mean, this is the battle of one of the two worst offenses. You could maybe agree to that. Uh, the off, they're not gonna score uh-huh. a lot of runs, but but Gray loves giving a home run, so I might want to roll with the road team here. But I like to see how Lazardo pitches because his last start did not do great against the New York Mets. Didn't even get out of the fourth inning. Yeah. Uh, look, speaking of walks, um, I feel like there's a, a nice little combination here, which is Isaiah Gray in his last 13. In the third innings, has walked twelve batters. So holy shit, uh, that's horrible. That's oh my God. bad. I mean, that's, that's honestly that's how you hit the over if you have two bad offenses. Is you can't defend a walk, as they uh, used to say. We'll move along now to Pittsburgh at the Mets. A, a pretty big series for the Mets trying to uh, stop the Schneid. Mitch Keller, who's coming off a really good start against the Cardinals, visiting Taiwan Walker, um, and currently Walker minus two fifty one favorite feels really big based on. His kind of injury difficulties, I feel like he's out in the first or second inning so often, more than any other pitcher in this day and age. Uh, over under seven and a half, so not expecting Pittsburgh to score a lot of runs. A lot of questions in the Pittsburgh bullpen. As we said, this should be the series that the Mets get to reassert their dominance in the NL East while the Braves are are, are dealing with the, the Phillies. Um, you got any interest in Mitch Keller? I, I think you, you have to based on, on the Mets' struggles as of late. I guess a little bit. But we're also talking about the Pirates here. We are, and I and I get why because the Mets have struggled the last two weeks or so. But th- this is a huge start mentally for Tylen Walker. Last start, he did really well against the Marlins in Miami. Struck out ten in seven innings, left one earned run, which was a home run ball. But y- you have to come out with a huge W here. And his last start against the Pirates was September sixth. 
He let four earned runs, walked two over five innings against those Pirates in Pittsburgh. You know, it's too bad that the Mets don't have a lead in the division because these should be tuned-up games. These should be games that you you put in Walker for five innings or so, six innings, and you take him out and you try to get figure out some bullpen options and see how guys can fare out of the bullpen and kind of piece your 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 roster, playoff roster together in the last few weeks of the season. But these are must-win games. I, I see that we're at a two almost we're in the two mid threes when it comes to how what the favorite uh, line is for the for the New York Mets. But look, the, the Mets need to come out with a W. They have to. You can't be struggling against the Pittsburgh Pirates. You can't be struggling against the Chicago Cubs. I know I just talked about the Cubs before, but <laughs> they're facing the Rockies, not the New York Mets. So if you're a Mets fan and you're betting on this game, and you like betting on them, you like watching them, you're a fan of them, sweat it out a little bit because this is not going to be you're you have to just you can't lose you can't lose the remainder of the season, which is not possible. I mean, it definitely is possible, but unlikely. You just you cannot lose. Well, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about the? I mean, because I, I do think they kind of feel the city and how the city is feeling. Um, what, what would you say about the, uh, the city and the team and kind of the buzz around about the Mets right now? Is there real concern that they're choking? Is it more that Absolutely. they're thinking that the Braves are, are talented and it's just bound to happen? Yeah, Griff, there, there's a lot of concern here in New York. You know, working at a, at a popular New York radio station here in Manhattan, that's the been, it's been almost the number one story here. You have the Jets and Giants are playing on Sundays now and, uh, of course, the Yankees are here, but the Mets collapsing this big division lead at the end of the season with a schedule that they have, it, there's a lot of concern. You have to be healthy. You have to start scoring runs. Last night was a 7-1 victory. Lindor had a home run, so there's a lot of positive positive outlooks there, but you need to continue the run. And you're at, and you're at home against the Pirates. It's been one thing, like, you're like, okay – they're on the road in Pittsburgh. Maybe the Pirates will get lucky. Maybe. But this is you're at home, man. You got to get the W's now because the Braves are not slowing down. A big problem is, you know, if their bullpen can get their act together. The offense has always been there all year, and so is the rotation. So um, it's going to get interesting. Just watch the, watch the Pirates are gonna start playing spoiler. They're going to try. Mitch Keller has good stuff. It's just a matter of keeping the ball out of the ballpark or in the ballpark. Excuse me. But, yeah, I, yeah, I gotta say, I feel like if I'm the the Mets, I'm much happier hosting the, the Pirates than what our next Absolutely. series is. The Phillies in my series spotlight: Ranger Suarez visits Atlanta and Max Freed. Currently, Max Freed a minus one seventy nine home favorite over under seven and a half. Um, I like these two teams in as potential dark horses to make runs in the playoffs from wild card positions. Though we'll see if the the Braves can can pull back the uh, the Mets lead and end up taking the NL East. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Suarez because his pitch to contact ways he doesn't have a lot of swing and miss in his in his game plan. Uh, Max Freed does have that a little bit scarier from the left side. If he's not on, he can get hit. But I feel like for the most part, he's a, a trusted commodity for me. So uh, big number on the uh, on the Phillies, excuse me, but I still don't know if it's enough for me. In Freed's last seven starts, he's only allowed a max two or runs. That's great. Pretty good. That's pretty damn good. So it's what you want. He faced the Mets twice in that seven, um, in that seven game stretch that I just pointed out here. That was his from July thirty first to September second, September tenth. 
So look, yeah, I, I, I'm rolling with Max Fried here. Max Fried is big game pitcher. This is a big game series at a big time of the year. So you keep rolling here. He's, he's having a great year, 13-6 with a 2-5-0 ERA. Keep it going. Suarez has picked it up in the second half this year. He's been pitching really well all season long. He's been a reliable pitcher for these Phillies. It's tough for the Phillies rolling in, being behind. Uh, you know, look, they have had a great off, the great second half, but it's tough rolling into Atlanta starting a series against Max Fried. Next, we'll move to Cincinnati visiting St. Louis. I got no starter right now, but we do have lines out there. So I think it looks like Hunter Green will be picking the ball up. And uh, Jack Flaherty starts for St. Louis. He just really hasn't looked like himself. I think he had no strikeouts his last start against the Pirates on the road, which is pretty cause for concern from a big, big strikeout guy that's had a lot of shoulder problems this year. Flaherty currently a minus 270 favorite, despite what I just said. Uh, Over-unders eight and a half. Um, I dropped Flaherty from a dynasty fantasy league. So I feel like he's not the same and, and wasn't going to contribute this year. The Cardinals are trying to see what they can get out of him, but I'd be very concerned slash. I am very concerned about him. And it makes me like the reds despite the monster price and monster disappointment that they have been. Whoa. Uh, that's nuts. That's crazy. Um, <laughs> that's insane. I understand Flaherty hasn't been the guy. Yeah. I, I, four walks is not, uh, great against the Pirates in this last start. How about I, that? I, how about K to BB ratio? Look at that bad boy. Yeah, not great. It's just I. I think Griffin. I and we mentioned that if uh, it was either last episode or a few episodes ago talking about Flaherty in particular. I think the the Cardinals with what the lead they have now, they have things that they can work with. In the last couple of weeks, they, they have a comfortable lead in the, in the division. Kind of wrapped up to begin with. Right now, the Brewers have to go on a historic run to to really grab that division lead, but it's not going to happen. Uh, the Cardinals, I think, are going to are going to work with Flaherty the next few weeks. See what they can get out of Flaherty. I I personally think that Flaherty is going to be a, a humongous bullpen piece for them in the playoffs. Wow! If Flaherty can go out there one two innings of the postseason, chucking up zeros, you're you have a you have an ace. Hidden in your bullpen with Helsley and Gallegos, and you know, and the other bullpen pieces that they've acquired and there they've had all year with Jordan Hicks. And is Alex Reyes he's on the IL, right? Or is he, yeah, I don't think he's pitched him this year. You love Jordan Hicks, I, I'm not, I'm not I love sure. Him. That I'm, love, I'm on the love same him. Page. He doesn't strike out a lot fear... of guys, but he throws 104, though. I just love it. No one can touch yeah. that. Yeah, you love the big arms. the The problem love for me with, with the Cardinals is shifting Flaherty, a career long starter, to the bullpen when he hasn't really had success in a starter role this year worries me. Uh, I'm also very sad for the Brewers and, and all Brewers fans because Taylor Ringel has said that uh, that division is over. So focus on the wild card Brewers fans. Next, we'll move to San Diego. I was hoping the Brewers would be next. Unfortunately, they're going to be at the end of this card. Uh, coming with best bets, probably end of end of this show, right next to each other as they are in the interleague portion of this podcast. But currently, we'll go San Diego and Blake Snell visiting Madison Bumgarner in the Arizona Diamondbacks. Snell a minus one seventy six favorite on the road, big big number for a guy that's really hard to trust. But he's had some really good starts lately. Over under is eight, uh, expecting a fair amount of runs in Arizona, despite it to me playing like a pitcher's park now. Um, got any interest in uh, back in? Uh, home run derby bum garner. 
home run there, Bumgarner. I don't know, man. Bumgarner is 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 a it, he's getting more and more interesting as the years going on because at the beginning of the season he was weirdly almost lights out. We were talking about wow, yeah, Miro Kelly and, and Bumgarner, Zach Gallon, they're all lights out. I mean, Zach Gallon's been arguably one of the better pitchers in the National League. Uh, the last month he was unhittable. But for for Bumgarner going into the start, I don't know, man. You know, uh, the Padres need wins. They need to win badly, and it's not great that Blake Snell is your guy for game one of the series, that they're on the mound now. The Dodgers roughed up Blake Snell as last start, five earned runs in four innings. Prior start was against these Diamondbacks, and Blake Snell had a doozy of a game. He went six innings, struck out ten we know Blake Snell is a strikeout 10 often. He did that another time on August 14th, but he's more of a guy that's going to be between the five and seven range when it comes to strikeouts. Look at a prop bet there, but they, the Padres need wins and Blake Snell, big game. Blake Snell needs to come in right now. And he, he pitched really well in the month of July going into August. And then he's kind of fallen off at the end of August, six earned runs against the guardians. And then another five against these Dodgers. So, we don't. Is Blake's not coming down to earth? Is he just having a couple of bad starts here and there? I I think he's coming down to earth. But we we need to see a good game out of Blake Snell if the Padres really want to keep their playoff hopes alive. I don't know what uh, coming down to earth is for Blake Snell. He's a Cy Young winner, but he's also a guy that gets tattooed and doesn't make it out of the he sport. Tattooed. So. It's so bad how he his tattooing is not like three on runs or four runs. It's six or seven. Yeah, and they got to worry because the uh, the Brewers are only two games back in the win column, playing a lot better lately, and uh, they could potentially crash out of the playoffs despite all the prospects that they sent for that big deal to get Juan Soto, who they don't have long-term yet, just yet. Next we'll move for the Dodgers and the Giants. A really good rivalry series that just isn't one this season. Unfortunately, the Giants have not been uh, living up to expectations coming into the year. Dustin May toes the bump for the Dodgers. He's not been as good since coming back from Tommy John. Um, as I think a lot of us were hoping slash expecting Logan Webb for the Giants has been the model of, of consistency. I think pitching on a, a pretty average slash below average team right now, especially versus expectations, but he's been solid. He keeps the ball on the ground and that's very important with a little bit more swing and miss than you'd expect from a, a sinker changeup type of guy. Currently Dustin May minus one fifty five road favorite over under seven and a half. I like the Giants. God damn. You beat me to it again. Uh, I'm with the Giants here too. May is another guy like Flaherty. This is May is going to be, I think, a bullpen guy going into the postseason. Maybe into the first round, he might be a starter. But when it goes deep into the postseason World Series, I I think May is going to be more of a secret reliever coming mid inning after a, a, a terrible outing by Andrew Heaney, or if it's uh, you know, or if it's Gonsolin or whoever. I, I Logan Webb has kept the Dodgers, I mean, the Giants, somewhat of a float. You know, he, he's pitched really well. His last start against these same Dodgers in L.A. against the Dodgers, he pitched great. They won 7-4. to four. I'm going to look at the stats real quick here. Um, he went six innings, struck out six, left two earned runs. What more can you ask for out of your ace against the Dodgers? And then his last start against the Cubbies, struck out six again, went seven innings this time. Level only two and run. So he's been a model of consistency. And the prior start to that, he struck out seven against the Padres. So he's versing good ball clubs. He's versing good lineups here. 
I think uh, I think the Logan Webb's gonna keep your success and really start to. I mean, playing spoiler against the Dodgers doesn't make that's not a, a, a practical sentence. That doesn't make much sense since the Dodgers just clinched already. So, congrats to them actually on clinching. First team to clinch at ninety eight wins. Congratulations. So, uh, I'm gonna go roll with the Giants here uh, as a as a home dog at plus one forty four. I like it. Um, interesting when you look at Logan Webb's game log, he had two back-to-back starts of zero ERAs and took a loss in both of them uh, at Detroit and at home against San Diego. And that start you mentioned his, I mean, he's striking out more batters than, than innings pitched over his last three of his last four starts. That's a big sign. Uh, we'll see if he can keep that going against the Dodgers. He didn't have a really good start for, against them on August 1st, but was really good September 5th. Um, he's, I mean, the Dodgers have seen him a lot. They probably know exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's a good pitcher, and, and I like him. I just wish his team was a little bit better. Uh, now we run to Baltimore and Toronto, the series, your series spotlight. Looks like Jordan Lyles will be starting for the Baltimore uh, Orioles. I almost said Ravens. Um, that's what not sleeping will do to you. I still have a TBD for the, the Jays, so this looks like a bullpen game. Is that, is that what you're seeing? I'm also seeing a TBD. I, I, I There's no line here, so we can talk about it for a second. But I mentioned, you know, the Orioles need to come out of the gates hot. Lyles has uh, – look, he's a 500 pitcher. He's 10-10 in the year. He's a 500 guy. He has his good starts and he has his bad starts. But you give a lead into the sixth inning – that bullpen's going to come out. I I, I am telling you now that Batista is going to be pitching in, in at least two of these games. I don't care if he's thrown for three days in a row. I don't know his stats in front of me. They need him out on the mound for them to get a W at the end of the, end of the ball game. When you have a lineup like this who's really starting to heat up, Alejandro Kirk's playing well. Vlad Jr. is crushing the ball. Del- Bichette is uh, player of the month. Thank you. Potentially. Say, don't, don't leave out. Don I'm not, of course not. Son. He just hit three home runs against these Orioles just a few weeks ago, you know? Yeah, the Orioles, so, I mean, looking at their schedule, sorry to jump in, but they have um, the Tigers after this series on the road um, after this host, I guess, hosting the, the Jays this weekend. Um, or excuse me, this, this is in Toronto, right? Yeah, this is in Toronto. Uh, it's in Toronto, yeah. So uh, German Google, I guess, just throwing home teams before away teams, throwing me off. But they go Tigers, and then they go Astros, and then it's all AL East for the Orioles for the rest of the season. That's not a good setup for me. Uh, I'm not sticking a fork in them yet because I like the story, but they need to make some some serious hay uh, this weekend, and I just I don't know that it'll happen. Next, we'll move to Minnesota hosting Cleveland. Another big battle for the playoffs. Minnesota's – Hanging in there somehow, some way. I'm not sure that I or you really believe in them to, to do much more, but they're four games back of the Guardians. It's certainly not dead yet, but uh, they've got a ways to go and, and have to start kind of like the Orioles making up ground here. Bailey Ober comes off the aisle to start for Minnesota. He's visiting Tristan McKenzie, who's been really good. I mean, the, the Twins have hit him in the past, but I think I'd trust Tristan McKenzie to have a better start than Ober right now. Uh, and McKenzie's only a minus 138 home favorite. So I feel like that's a little bit cheaper than I would expect him to be over under seven and a half. Uh, you got any interest in the, in the twins here? I know that you've uh, worked for them before. I'd like to root for the Twinkies. I really would. Mackenzie's been great though, man. He's been awesome. The second half and his last start against these same twins at Minnesota, he struck out five over seven shutout innings and they ended up winning 10, uh, six to four in that game and recorded his 10th victory on the year. 
He's faced these twins two more times. I'm trying to see the, the log here. I'm looking through. So he, he faced them in June 22nd and 27th, the 15th. Yeah, he's faced them a, a good amount of times where the twins have seen him enough times to – this is now game number five against Tristan McKenzie. You got to pick it up, guys. You guys, you guys have seen him. You guys have the – you guys have the video, the film to look at them. You guys have faced them five times. Majority of the lineup that was in May is still here in now September. So pick it up, boys. The offense really hasn't been the problem for the Twins this year. It's been the it's been the pitching overall, the rotation help, and of course we've destroyed the bullpen this year. They have good bullpen arms. It's just they don't they haven't had clutch outings. Their bullpen. I was looking the other day. It's not horrible. With the with what the seasons they've been putting out, it's as of late they've been horrible, and you can't have horrible outings out of the pen in September when you had the lead at one point, and now the Guardians are not clearly taking it. I I don't like him this game. McKenzie's had a great year. His ERA is almost under three. It's, that's tough, man. And this is a this is a sneaky arm in the postseason when you have Bieber in front of you. And McKenzie's kind of he's not your prototypical pitcher that gets all the the glitz and glamour. So seeing him in, in the postseason could be interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the guardians are a serious dark horse in, in the playoffs. Once they get yeah. there, I hope that they get through that first uh, round and like, they'll probably be, I guess, behind the Yankees and the, and the Astros. So they'll be hosting likely the, the worst of the wildcard teams. Maybe that's the Orioles doubt it, but uh, next we'll go Texas to Tampa Bay. Speaking of wildcard potentials, Martin Perez is in Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber is a minus 147 home favorite uh, over under seven and a half. And that feels cheap to me. I mean, the, the Rangers are kind of wallowing in this middle zone of not really being competitive, but also not being a dumpster fire just yet as they keep spending money in the offseason. It just hasn't really worked very well. Martin Perez with a great year should pitch well in the Tampa park because there's not a lot of uh, home runs in, the, in, in there. But Corey Kluber coming off a, uh, I think he got two outs in his last start um, yeah. and gave up seven consecutive hits if it wasn't yeah. eight oh something seven, like that seven consecutive singles six or in runs uh it got to the point since i had taken kluber in that start where i was just asking daddy to make it stop so um <laughs> unfortunately it's one of those things where i expect he'll bounce back he had thrown really well against the Yankees so far this year um so maybe it was a i mean there was one uh rocket off of josh donaldson's back bat to the opposite field that should have been a home run probably was right off the top of the wall but besides that, it was all singles. So um, I'm not really sure that I am downgrading Corey Kluber a ton, but I feel like this the market doesn't really like him in this start because I think he's cheaper than he should be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the road dogs here. I, I like the Rangers. I like Martin Perez. Perez has had uh, an awesome season this year. He's He battled two awesome teams. Three, excuse me, three. Last three starts. Yeah, he got roughed up against the Astros on August 31st, but – he got him again his following start on September 5th in Houston, went seven strong innings, allowed one earned run. And then his last start, September 11th, against the Blue Jays, six strong innings, struck out seven, only allowed one earned run. He's pitching against really good teams the last three weeks, and they said they continue doing it again against the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I like Martin Perez here. I know the offense for the Rangers isn't great, but Kluber coming off a really bad start, he's usually the type of guy in his career where he's good at bouncing back off of good outings. 
I'm not really worried about him as much as the entire team as a whole. They did not play great against Toronto Blue Jays. They are on their heels now and need to come out wins. And it's not going to be easy against Martin Perez. I know the, the, the Rangers overall suck, but Martin Perez is a guy that can maybe play spoiler here against a, a team that needs the playoff push right now. Next we'll move to Kansas City at Boston. He's leaving visiting Michael Walker, who's had a really good year. But the, the Red Sox, I'm not really sure what their motivations are right now. They're trying to play the kids. And uh, the kids just with all these all the hype on Jaron Duran, on Tristan Casas, I mean, uh, I guess Casas had a couple home runs so far. But I, I don't know. A lot needs to be seen for me so far with them. Uh, currently, Walker minus 199, just short of a $2 favorite. Uh, over under is nine. I, I don't know that I have a lot of faith in Heasley, but seeing that Red Sox price this way makes me want to go the other way. Yeah, I think that the price is a little high. I understand Walker is having is having the best season out of any pitcher on the Red Sox this season. One eleven and one record, two six nine ERA. Nice. Uh, he's having a he's, nice. having, he's having a good year. There we go. Yeah, and I like how the Red Sox, how you know they're out of it, but they're bringing up their young, their young kids to get them ready for next year. You know, Durant's been up in the, in the major league level for a while, hasn't really hit great, and Bayo hasn't been pitching great. And he last started, he showed he showed some life with the off speed pitch, which was against the Yankees, which I was impressed with. Uh, Tristan Casas kid, that kid can mash. He's hitting opposite field home runs. He's a left handed bat hitting him over the monster, which is awesome to see. If you're a Red Sox fan, help. And as we're just talking right now, they just moved over to a $2 favorite here, Griff. I don't know if you saw that right off the bat here. I do, yes. Yeah, yes, so officially a $2 favorite for the Red Sox. I think it makes sense. The Royals, I don't know much about this Hesley kid. I don't know. I don't see anything about him. Just uh, a guy. Drives a Jaguar. Drives a Jaguar. He's got a awesome combination mustache to flow ratio. Love oh, it. Oh, looks, hey. looks, looks very, very good with it. I just don't think it's going to work well with him in Fenway. So I want to go with the Sox here. I was thinking about the mustache flow combination. Uh, I think it's probably better for everyone that I didn't go that direction. Next we'll go the White Sox and Lucas Giolito visiting Matt Manning and his uh, unable to live up to high prospect expectations. Um, currently, Giolito minus 149 favorite on the road over under seven and a half. Not That's not expecting a lot of runs for two uh, potential gas cans. I'm sorry to label uh, to the Giolito family for labeling Lucas this way, but he gets hit hard by everyone he throws against. Um, and I just don't really believe in him. So that makes you want to take the Tigers. White Sox need to win. They're three back of that American League Central. And then the wild card, six and a half back. So the wild card, yes, the wild card, it's still a possibility. The possibility of that, very slim. I would love to know the percentages there of what probability of them making the postseason a wild card. They have a better opportunity of making it as a division winner. I just don't know if Giolito's the guy on the mound for them, though. I don't know. Matt Manning, I Matt Manning's had a good season. He had a really bad start on August 30th against the Mariners, left seven runs. I think he's kind of coming up into being the prospect he is. At one point, his ERA was under three. He was at a Two two five against the Rays in August seventh, and then there's uh, two bad starts in, in the month of August. Put his ERA up to the mid to late fours, or excuse me, threes. But back to back starts against the Royals helps you out with a couple solid outings, okay outings. But I think they might he might have a little success against these uh, White Sox here. 
I think he's a lefty that has high velocity, and so that automatically makes you a righty. Really nice. He's, he's a righty. He's a righty. Man, he's righty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I will scratch that from <laughs> the records. Then uh, blame that on no sleep. But uh, maybe the White Sox—they just need to get Tony La Russa back in the in the in the dugout, and then everything will be I like solved. Like Miguel Cairo. I like Miguel I mean, Cairo. I see no reason why Tony former Yankee do anything. Keep keep Tony La Russa in the nursing home. Mexico, Oakland at Houston. Adrian Martinez at Justin Verlander. Uh, Verlander at minus three fifty mm-hmm. favorite. Almost made me spit out my non-existent coffee. Uh, over under seven and a half and in Houston. Um, I don't really, I mean, Adrian Martinez has started the year or his season off pretty well. Uh, came up mid year, it seemed, but got hit pretty hard by the White Sox last start in Oakland. Now goes to face the Astros, a much better lineup and a tougher hitting park. I don't know. I, I, I can't really find a lot of things Zero. to figure out besides Verlander coming off the IL, which might, might mean he has a limited, uh, appearance here. Justin Verlander could be blindfolded with his with his throwing arm behind his back and still throw a gem against the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's have no shot against Justin Verlander. They just don't. And I know uh, it, this. my talk about how bad the Oakland A's are against Justin Verlander could come back to me and smack me right in the face, but I can't imagine the Oakland A's roughing up Justin Verlander even with coming, him, coming off the IL. I understand coming off IL stints, Majority of the time, as uh, when it comes to history, you, usually the pitchers start slow. They go easy, five or six innings, call it a day. Verlanders have a good outing against the Oakland A's. Uh, I mean, there's no, there's no really, there's no really, uh, there's nobody that can convince me otherwise. Yeah, the Astros are six and a half games up on the Yankees for that one seed. I imagine that's still pretty important to them, and certainly isn't clinched just yet. They're playing such an easy division. Eight and two in their last ten. Uh, I just I don't see that. And I do I do wonder how that affects the game planning that the Astros and Dusty Baker will use, and and kind of how they're going to push players, like keep them sharp, but ultimately not take any risks. Um, looks pretty good for them right now, though, based on what I'm seeing. Next we move Seattle and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, best name in sports, right there. Robbie Ray visiting Michael Lorenzen. Lorenzen's been pretty good since coming off the IL, but is ultimately not going to strike out anybody. And that's a big concern. Uh, the eight inning totals with like two Ks is that's a lot of red flags there. Meanwhile, Robert Ray, he didn't have a great start against the, uh, the Braves last week, but um, has been missing a lot of bats. Um, looks pretty good. I got to say, we had some concern about him early in the year. I think our concerns are gone. Currently Ray is a minus minus one fifty four road favorite over under his eight. Uh, I believe in Seattle and that bullpen. Listen to the, these teams that Michael Lorenz has had to face since May 28th. Blue Jays, Phillies, Mets, Mariners, Mariners, Astros, Astros. Tough. That's tough. It's, it's tough. When, it's tough, man. And Lorenzen doesn't have the best stuff as a starter. I feel like Lorenzen would be more of a bullpen guy. I know he has starter stuff. I'm putting that in quotations. Throws hard. A decent breaking ball. He got roughed up on July 1st against the Astros, came back on September 9th, let a one and a run over five and two-thirds, still walked four batters, which is not great. I can't see him having success against this Mariners team. Mariners uh, had a crazy week. I really think that Robbie Ray is 
the most important pitcher on that team right now because they he, he needs to be the ace that the Mariners uh, are asking for. They got him for his big starts at the end of the year. The Angels could play a spoiler here, and it could possibly happen without the without Trout's been playing the last two weeks. Definitely a possibility he can take this team by himself and win a ball game, which is, that's happened plenty of times before that. Robbie Ray needs a good start here. Needs to continue the success. There's a lot of guys on that on that team right now in that rotation that need him to be the front end ace and to lead this ball club into a playoff berth. With Castillo and Gilbert, those three had a monster right there. In a playoff series, could be huge. But the big name is is Robbie Ray. He needs to continue to pitch well and starts here against Michael Lorenzo and the Angels. Last but not least, we have the Yankees visiting Milwaukee. Frankie Montas, who's starting to turn it around. I'll, I'll ask you for your thoughts on him in a second. Adrian Hauser uh, is the host and the home pitch, starting pitcher for the Brewers. I think he got a win uh, in his last start without striking out a batter against the Reds. Uh, it's really not how to do it um, if you're going to try to figure things out. Um, but somehow it worked out and the rabbit foot might be shoved somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. Uh, currently Montas a minus 121 road favorite over under is eight. Um, I'm encouraged by what I've seen from Montas lately because he looked really bad at the beginning. Um, and I feel like he's going to be able to mow down a, a Milwaukee lineup that just isn't very strong top to bottom. Montas has mixed feelings with him. Fr- Frankie Montas went five and two thirds in his last start, four on runs, four walks against the Rays. He has the stuff to be really good. I'm telling you, man, this is, we saw him in Oakland. We saw him in Oakland this year with a 3-1-8 ERA, and as the Yankee in seven starts, he has north of six. He's walking a lot. Uh, I wouldn't say. Uh, he's not walking tons. He, he, he's not walking tons. He's just not He's not having successful six-inning quality starts as a Yankee. He's just not happening. But uh, as a Yankee fan and a guy who likes to bet on the Yankees from time to time, I'm liking how the offense has looked the last two games. Glaber Torres has had some great timely hits. Of course, Judge is hitting the home runs out of, out of, out of the yard every single game. It's a couple of the young kids are playing pretty well. I, I wish they play Peraza every single night at shortstop and move IKF to third because IKF at third won a gold glove for your beloved Texas Rangers. So, <laughs> what, yeah, when, very, when, very beloved. Yes. I just don't. I just don't. I, uh, look. There's the metrics that show that he's a good shortstop, right? But the numbers in the trophy case show that he's a gold glove winning third baseman. Donaldson has been the definition of hit or miss all over the field defensively or at the plate. IKF is a singles contact hitter. That has, I think, the second best batting average on the team, which is around 270, which isn't great. And I think they need to start Peraza at shortstop, Torres at second, LeMahieu find a home somewhere, dude. I don't know where. DH, I don't know. First base, figure it Left out, dude. Bench. I don't know. The, the, but the, the, the Yankees are also getting a lot of their injured players back. They're getting Rizzo back, I think, I think next week, or or I'm not quite sure. But he's, they're getting him back. They're getting Stanton's back, but he, he looks like an automatic out. Uh, they're getting some of their bullpen pieces back. So the Yankees are starting to play a little better, and they're getting their pieces back. So hopefully they will gain a, a larger lead in that division because it is getting – I'm sweating a little bit as a fan here. I'm sweating a little bit, and I shouldn't be sweating that much. We're in September in the fall in New York. It's getting nice out, but I'm sweating when I'm watching the Yankees. 
I think Montas needs uh, – I, I think he's going to have a good start against these these Brewers. The Brewers need a win. They need to win this series in the worst way to continue to have a chance to make that postseason. Yeah, Brewers have been playing well um, despite selling off their bullpen essentially. Um, I, You know, should be a good series. Two teams that are fighting, both trying to get one a playoff spot and one lockup of division. So it should be an interesting series in the Bronx. Um, I don't know that there's enough for, for me to, to, to look at Adrian Hauser with even my worst enemy's money in this one. Uh, and that brings us to our best bet portion of the show. But before we get into that, uh, just a reminder on our promo code HOME20, 20% off for all listeners of this MLB podcast. Uh, you get my picks, which usually come out each night, or plenty of other handicappers on the website, uh, 20% off uh, with this code HOME20. Uh, it shows that you're listening and helps us out. So please uh, use the code if you're gonna gonna go uh, spend I mean, you know but maybe buy some gear on the pregame.com website uh use home 20 and, and we'll get some credit for it and we really appreciate that thank you to all of our listeners uh hopefully that goes without saying but we're really thankful for each and every one of you uh especially the ones that tell us to stop tweeting about or stop talking about the pirates and the reds um so that brings us to our best bet portion of the show uh i have the t-box um after a win in, on, on monday's pod and i'm gonna Unfortunately, probably take one that my co-host wants. I'm going to go with Logan Webb and the San Francisco Giants as my best bet for Friday's episode. Currently a plus 144 underdog. Um, I just There's questions for me. I mean, it's really hard to fade the Dodgers, I'll put it that way. But uh, I'm just not really a believer in Dustin May, what he's shown so far. I feel like a lot of pitchers coming off Tommy John, they just don't really have the, uh, the accuracy or the control that a lot of times they were expecting before. Still a big arm, still is a, a great pitcher. Um, but I feel like there's a lot that I need to see from him so far. And I think based on what we said about Logan Webb, he's going to keep the, the Giants in the game. Um, they play a lot better at home than they have in past years, maybe not so much this year. But uh, getting them is a – I mean, the Dodgers are favorite everywhere they play. But seeing Logan Webb at an almost 150 underdog is a pretty big number. I might even get there based on uh, how much people like to bet the Dodgers and for good reason. So I'll give San Francisco Giants Logan Webb plus 144 as my best bet. Yeah, that was that was one of my ones that I wanted to pick. It's it, it's not a safe bet. It's more of a bet that, um, yeah, like the Dodgers. You're 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 rolling in with a pitcher who hasn't pitched a lot this year, but you're also talking about the best team in baseball. And then right. Logan Webb, who's had a really good season, but on a really bad team. So you are you are you might be sweating a little bit, but you have a little bit more faith in Logan Webb pitching on the mound than anybody else in that Giants team. Shout out our boy Alex Cup. I'm going to roll with two teams, a team that needs to continue to win ballgames in a division that's extremely tight, and that is the National League East. I'm going to roll with Max Freed. Max Freed and the Braves. Yes, Ranger Suarez and the Phillies have been freaking awesome in the second half, and I would say a lot of people might be taking a lot of Suarez on this end too because of how successful – the Phillies have been, yeah, and you know, you could look at it one way and say the Braves are are in must win mode. There's a lot more stress, a lot of more um, anxiety on their end, so they're almost too nervous to lose. So there could be some weird antics there. I- I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the ace for the Atlanta Braves, that Max Freed. This is what he loves to. Do. He shines in spots like this where it's must win games, division games trying to continue to win in the playoffs and win that division, which is definitely can happen. I'm taking uh, the Atlanta Braves, Max Freed, the Atlanta Braves, minus 179 home. I know it's a, it's a weird number to look at, but um, 
the, the Rangers, not, not the Rangers, Rangers Suarez could pitch really well against the Atlanta Braves. I just think Max Freed's could pitch a little bit better. So um, I'm going to take Max Freed and the Atlanta Braves minus 179. Griff, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can tweet at you. Tell them that thank you for your Logan Webb best bet here. So where can they find you? Uh, currently, you can find me in Dortmund, Germany, uh, but probably it's going to be hard to figure out where the heck I am. So um, thank you for all everyone for being patient with us, especially my co-host. I, I do appreciate you more than maybe you realize at times. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter, the real underscore G Warner. Feel free to slide some DMs, anything you got, send it my way, uh, whether it's love for Logan Webb or uh, dislike for the Dodgers. You know, I'm here for any any part of that um taylor go ahead give us give us yours and get us get us home all right you guys can follow me at taylor ringle on twitter and look me up on instagram tiktok wherever i got my own website too you guys can look at all my content there taylorringle.com it's a very nice website uh yeah let's go guys we we're trying to get two very nice website here. very nice website very nice website sorry nice. my cue. it's okay uh yeah guys we're trying to get two best bets here we got braves we got giants Take it home. Everyone have a great weekend. Enjoy a lot of playoff baseball-type games. Phillies and Braves. We're going to Yankees and Brewers. Twins and Guardians. There is a ton of cool matchups to watch this weekend. I know I'll be watching. Griff, on the other hand, I'm sure he'll be watching. Plus, he'll have a good time wherever he's going to be in Germany. Have a great time, Griff. For everyone listening at home, thank you again for listening with us. We appreciate you spending your time on Fridays with us. And we'll catch you guys next Monday for another episode of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. Talk to you guys soon.